Zach, is there anything else that you want us to know? <sighs> oh, my favorite food. So yeah. you want to know my favorite food. two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hey there, it's Jill from the Push Podcast. A quick content warning to our listeners before you dive into this episode. In this episode, we interview Zach Childers, who is a competitive bodybuilder. Zach does go into detail about specific body weight, body fat percentages, and competition diet. If you're not in a place mentally where you can listen to this conversation, we encourage you to take care of yourself and skip this episode. Thanks for being a dedicated listener. And now back to our episode. episode 19. <laughs> I know what number we're on today. That's right. And we are so excited. We have a special guest on with us today. Today we have Zach Childers. Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Zach, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Zach Childers. I'm 31 years old with cerebral palsy. Yes. Yeah. And, and beyond that, I got to know about Zach and his story from my husband. He works out at my husband's gym. Um, but beyond that, he is a pretty accomplished bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, and his story has really, really has inspired my husband. Like I kept hearing him talk about this, Zach guy, like you wouldn't believe what Zach was doing. And like, and, and not just what you do, but how you inspire the other people in the gym. And so I, that's when I asked him, I was like, do you think you'd be willing to be on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so we're really excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. You are so welcome. <laughs> Kara had mentioned um, that you're an accomplished bodybuilder. So tell us, tell us about this. <clears throat> So, do you want to know about my powerlifting into the bodybuilding or just my bodybuilding? I want to hear the whole thing. Everything. I want to hear the evolution of powerlifting to bodybuilding. So, so before we get, before we dive into all powerlifting aspect uh 
practice or journey started when I was 13. So I was adopted from Portland, Oregon when I was six by, by a woman or was really sick with cancer. That's, that tells you a lot about Okoto that she wanted me. Lauren, uh, she passed away sadly when I was 13. So luckily, luckily, uh, one of my very, one of my friends or was a teacher's aide at my middle school, Kennedy Middle School in Yodin. Uh, he, he was a personal trainer at the YMCA. He asked me, do you want, this is when the Big Brothers Big Sisters program was still going on here. So he asked me, hey, Zach, do you want to be my little brother? So I was like, yeah, sure. So he would pick me up once a week and we would go to the YMCA. And I was fortunate enough to work out the for free because he was a personal trainer. So I would go there once a week, do my thing, try, uh, do my workout two hours, two hours a week because I didn't know what I was doing. So, <laughs> I th you know, I think that really eased the pain. Yeah. On, on my mom's death, lifting weights. That's how it all started. You know, like I, I, we have a lot of clients who have sort of gotten into exercise from a point of great pain or a mm -hmm. shift in their lives. And yeah. so it can be, it's not therapy, but it can definitely um, help heal when. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, fast forward, fast forward six years later, 19. So some representatives from the Special Olympics came to our classroom. And this is before powerlifting was introduced in the state of Oregon, right? Mm -hmm. The only activity I really liked was swimming. So believe it or not, I was actually on the swim team before. So I excelled in swimming, whatever. So 20, so two years later, 21, a representative, uh, a representative from Special Olympics called me and he's like, Zach, powerlifting has been introduced into the state of Oregon. I think you should go out, man, for it. You're, <laughs> I mean, he's seen, he seen what I can do. I mean, he knows I'm strong. So mm -hmm. I went, I went in, uh, I wasn't very good at it. I mean, I only squatted 135 bench, 135 deadlifted, 135. Mm -hmm. I started losing a lot. I'm very competitive. 
I did not want to lose. So I transformed I transformed my body from 135 pounds to 180, 182 pounds in a span of two or three years, right? Wow. I got sick of that weight. So <laughs> I fast forward to now. I never thought I would want to become a bodybuilder. Because I love to eat, but a guy approached me in the gym. He asked me, Zach, what would it take for you to step on stage with me? Finances. And he, he cut me a deal. It didn't end up working out in the end. I paid for almost everything myself, but that's ill or there, you know. I I did what I set out to do. I lost about fifty I lost about fifty pounds in seven months. Ooh, I, yeah. So I was gonna do my first show last year, but then COVID it. Yeah. I think it was a blessing in disguise. I really was. It, I think it was really a blessing in disguise. Because <clears throat> the reason why I say that is I went from 182.5 to 134.2 in seven months. And COVID it and depressing it. Yeah. And then I came back stronger, bigger. I I put on 10 pounds of lean muscle mass in not even a year. And that's really unheard of for a first year natural athlete. Not even a year. I I competed twice. In six weeks, I I got first place in novice. I was 146 pounds. And then six weeks later, at the Cecil Phillips Classic, which was at the Eugene uh, Christian Center, uh, Christian School on Tad Drive in Eugene, Oregon, I got fourth place in the Open class. Wow. Against people who were way bigger than me. The reason why I got fourth place out of five is because I outconditioned mm-hmm. one of the guys. <clears throat> That's awesome. it. The yeah. re- so fast forward to why I think it was a blessing in disguise. I so my show, my last show, I was 140 pounds with 6.1% body fat. Last year, I was 134 pounds with the same amount of body fat. I, I put on a lot of muscle since then. So yeah, that's my story. And you know, 
if it wasn't for that guy, I would have never fell in love with bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like, you know, once again, you sort of used of some aspect of fitness to sort to cope with the hard time, you know, that COVID came and it was de- depressing and scary and that you were able to channel that into, um, into this new sport. Oh, it wasn't all COVID. Uh, we just, my wife had to miscarriage 10, uh, she was 10 weeks pregnant and she had to miscarriage. And I couldn't be with Owen. She told me the no, no because of COVID. So I feel in a deep down depression. I ate what I wanted. <clears throat> 10 weeks flew by. I wasn't really doing anything for 10 weeks. A week after Hannah told me the nose. Well, that didn't make things any better. Yeah. After my depressing it, I went back to the gym. And, you know, I dedicated both of my bodybuilding shows to Lillian. And, you know, if I had to dime for everything that happened to us during my 20-week prep, I would have been a meal in hell. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... My heart goes out to you and your wife for your loss. Um, we had some losses as well before um, before Oliver, and it was really hard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. <laughs> so, um, Zach, tell us a little bit about your relationship with your body growing up. So, um, my... My relationship with my body going up. So I, <laughs> I was thinking long and hard about this. I was going back to when I was a preteen. Quite frankly, so you know, I absolutely for posse. I hated my disability going up. I absolutely hated it. I was in a walker wheelchair, crutches, braces, and a helmet. I fell a lot. Even with my leg braces, I fell a lot in the cafeteria, outside, uh, inside. I was sick of it. But over time, my body started getting stronger. And over time, I didn't need that equipment. You know, I, so, I got out of my braces and helmet a year before my freshman year because 1,600 kids, it was a big school, you know. The teachers thought it wasn't for my best interest. It was for my best interest that I got rid of the walk and the walker braces and helmet. Mm-hmm. How did you do? How did you transition out of, without those things? So, <clears throat> okay, well, in seventh grade, eighth grade, 
I was running around the desks in the classroom, and I fell and I bumped my head really hard. Well, they evaluated my head. It was fine. And then that point on, they determined I didn't need that helmet. And I was so relieved. I didn't need that helmet because it was an old boxing helmet, like <laughs> the old brown leather boxing helmet. I hated that thing. So I was really glad when I wasn't, I wasn't wearing it anymore. Yeah. yeah. So you started, so you started feeling differently about your body when you were able to shed some of those implements that you were using? Yes. I think step, I think, I think little by little, I got my confidence that I needed to succeed in life, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you were a freshman in high school when that happened? Yes. Yeah. No, actually, I was a seventh grader or eighth grader in middle school when I did the walker uh, helmet and braces. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about, um, tell us about how those this progression of being able to lose the braces and the helmet and the walker like how did your relationship with your body affect your relationships before and after that transition well for one when i was in that when i was in the that uh leg braces i never wanted to wear shorts because i was ashamed of my legs I was deeply ashamed, but now that now that I'm free of everything, I'm not, you know? Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a crutch that was holding me back, and I did not like it. I, I'm not the one to give up, you know? Mm -hmm. I was in karate, taekwondo when I was 10 years old. I was, I was horseback riding when I was like maybe 11 or 12. And I think those were the only two sports that developed my leg muscles at an early age, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. I have heard some really great things about horseback riding for developing the muscles in your hips and legs. Um, when I was a kid, I was actually part of a program that was geared towards helping um, other kids, you know, with horseback riding to do that very thing. Was Were you in a program like that or were you just, just decided that you wanted to do this, this activity? I think I was in a program similar like that, but honestly, I didn't like it in the long run. 
it was kind of difficult to get on the horse, and it was <laughs> it hurt for riding the horse. It literally physically hurt. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the Push Podcast? Support us by becoming a Push Patron. As a Push Patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. That's www.patreon.com slash pushfitness now to get started. And now, back to the Push Podcast. So... So how did your, did your relationship with your body change as you changed sport? Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so my relationship with my body, uh, yes, it changed. So I remember getting stronger. So the so to uh, swimming, it was all it was all fun and games. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But then when powerlifting came along, when I was so I came off scot free on my disability. <clears throat> so the abelco coat was slightly wrapped around my neck. It only affects my balance, my speech, and coordination. That's it. So when I first started powerlifting, my coordination was all over the place. But then I was able to own that. I was walking out. I was walking out by myself at Delta Fitness before Pusso Fitness, and then a bodybuilder saw me, and he decided he wanted to work out with me, take me onto a swing, because I had the motivation, and, you know, he worked with me, I got stronger, and I got more happy, I got more thrilled about my body changing because I got stronger, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I really liked that. I thought it was cool as heck, seriously. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think it could, I, feeling that that strength for the first time, we talked about that, that strength on the outside builds strength on the inside too. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you say, okay, I can do this thing now that I didn't used to do. And then you look at all these other aspects of your life and it just sort of bleeds into that as well. That like, that it gives you confidence to do more. Um, have you experienced that yourself? Yes, it totally gave me a lot more confidence. As when I was a kid, I didn't have me- much confidence because you know my mom just passed away you know I had to take yeah 
uh, but if she uh, if she didn't, I think I picked it up for a reason. So if she didn't adopt me, I would probably have still been in Portland or God knows where I would have ended up. So I'm thankful to this, to this day that she adopted me. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. I mean, it's been 20, God, let it's been 28 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So your, um, your sport uh, includes a lot of, uh, like, physical um, molding, if you will. So yeah. Yeah. you really have to pinpoint specific areas. And you talked a little bit uh, earlier about the rises and falls of your weight based on your sport. Um, I wanted to hear more about that. Um, like, how did you feel? How did you feel um, emotionally when those physical changes were happening? Because you you gained and lost a lot of weight in a pretty short amount of time. Um. Uh, once your body fat decreases, like under 10% or under 6%, your, your, emos, your emotions get the better of yourself. Your hormones start to change. Oh my God. If you're not a bodybuilder, I don't recommend you go on a body I do not recommend you go on a bodybuilding diet if you don't plan to complete compete. I mean Yes, we we don't eat the it does you 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 know our bodies are you know hardwired to keep us from you know these sort of starvation modes that you have to go into in order to step on stage. Um and so it's a real, you know, it's, it can be really hard and your body is, is fighting you in all the ways that it knows how, which can also be like making you obsess about food or things like that. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's why I went on a 20 week diet. So my body will have time to adapt, you know? I mean, your body adapts on everything that we do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so um, if you could go back in time to any point in your life and tell your younger self anything, what would you say? Never give up. <clears throat> I'm telling you right now, never give up because you will regret it if you give up. Yeah. Have there been times in your life when you did give up that you wish you hadn't? It was over a half a year ago when Lily passed away. I wanted to give up. And 
I'm not the one. I'm not the one to never give up. But I almost gave up. But ten weeks came by. I looked at my resistance bands and my weight, my weights and resistance bands, and I caught the front desk. Right then and there at Pusso Fitness, they called me back a day later, because this is when you have to make an appointment to go to the gym, right? And yeah. I'm like, so Daniela, which was the front desk woman at the time, I'm like, hey, so I need to make an appointment. I take the bus. We know you take the bus, Zach. I talked to Matt. I'm sure he will let you and lo and behold, I got in a day later. I forced myself to come in. I was so happy. I felt like I was starting all over again. And I talked to Daniela and she's like, yeah, you're good. A week later. No appointments was need, were needed. <laughs> I'm like, Emmett, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, it sounds like that gym was sort of that happy place for you where you could find some joy again after such a devastating <laughs> in your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was definitely. <clears throat> so... I take the bus. I live in Eugene. Uh, spring, uh, so it takes me 45 minutes to get to a Pusso Fitness. I do not care. I love, I love that gym. I love the people around it. It's a positive environment. Matt, you know, they are not my work. They, it's just not a gym, you know. They're my family, you know. I mean, it's a upbeat place. It's a local business, which I like. That's why I support them. I live like 10 minutes away from a Planet Fitness. I'm not going to support them because, A, it's expensive, and B, they're not a local business. I mean, the reason why Puzzle Fitness stayed open for so long is because of people like me and people around me or support them. Yes. Yep. That's how our business stayed open. We're yeah. a small business as well. And, um, it, and we, we are a family, you know, our, yes. our clients and, uh, our members are, we're, it's definitely more than just like a place to work out. Mm-hmm. It's a place where we share stories, a place where we, you know, encourage each other outside of the gym as well. And, you know, fitness has this amazing capacity to, to bring people together in that way from what mm-hmm. I've seen. And yeah. And this, and the same was, was true for you, Zach, the way that you were, talking about like these times in your life where you've had some really um, 
traumatic events. Like I, you know, putting a name to it, like losing your mom was traumatic, losing your baby was traumatic. And during those times, you not only found, you know, fitness to be a good way to get out your grief, but you also found some community. And I think that that's, um, that's so great that you have found that community at Pursue and that they continue to be such a positive um, environment for you. Yes, I totally agree. It's, you know, it's more than just physical fitness, it's mental. And I don't think people get that. It's more mental than anything. Some people, not all people. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So if you could put anything on a billboard, (laughs) what would it say? You know, Hannah and I was just going through the interview questions this morning because I was so excited about this interview. Uh, never stop give, never stop trying. Mm-hmm. That's my motto because, you know, I have a disability. If I can do it, you can do it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing's gonna stop you. If you want to do it, you should do it. This prep with and with the this prep with the posing classes and the the posing classes and the shows it cost me over a thousand dollars. But you know, money comes and goes, but relationships last a lifetime. You know. That's what I always strive to tell other people. Relationships don't last a lifetime. I love that. I love I love how like you know, like we mentioned already, like your sport's very specific. Um and the things that you have to do to prepare for it are very specific, but you keep coming back to this um community and relationship and how like how much your mental health is involved in these things. And I just, I love that you're talking about that. That's, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really important. yeah. So, and then my last question is um, how can people support you? How, um, if people are listening to this podcast and would like to connect with you or support you, um, how, how can we help make that happen? So my, so how can people support me? So I'm always looking for sponsors. I mean, we know, we know Jane Whale shows aren't cheap and mm-hmm. I would love it if people would support me in my dreams. And if people want to reach out to me, my Instagram handle is Soipo. Uh, underscore posse beast. So no, sorry for posse underscore beast. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll put a uh, we'll put a link to that in our show notes so people can just click click and find you and 
support you in that way. Okay. Yeah. Zach, is there anything else that you want us to know? <sighs> oh, my favorite foot. So yeah. you want to turn on my favorite foot. Uh, I like pizza or spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Both good choices. Yeah. <laughs> but funny thing, when I was in prep, I was made, so it was my wife, it was our eight-year wedding anniversary. I made a spaghetti. I did, that was the only food I did not crave during prep. (laughs) (laughs) It was a nightmare for me when she would cook bacon when I was on prep. (laughs) So... So now that you're not on prep, what um, are you are you still following a, a diet or are you kind of letting yourself eat what you want? Like, what is this like? Oh, I'm so I'm on the off season diet right now. Uh, a lot of beef and rice on my off season when I was on prep. I did a lot of chicken breast and tilapia. <laughs> so the only thing that really changed for changed for me is more beef and more beef. I never had beef on prep because beef was fattening and beef yeah, beef is fattening. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I like it, so it works out. <laughs> <laughs> I like beef too. I was just telling Matt that I was craving a steak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had sirloin steak a couple of days ago. <laughs> nice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I scratched that. I did have a steak once a week on my refit days. Uh, six ounces of top sirloin or six ounces of flank steak. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah, it sounds really good. <laughs> it's almost lunchtime, right? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share your experience. Um, your story is so motivating for so many people. And so we are excited to get it out so more people can hear about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thanks so much yeah. for your time with us. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, thank you. This is, no, thank you. This is fun. I mean, when Matt taught me that you wanted to sit down and talk with me, I'm like, no more questions, Matt. I will be happy to do this. I want to tell my story. Uh, it's funny because a week late, a week, a couple of days earlier, I was talking with a motivational speaker that lives in Medford. He was giving me some tips and everything happens for a reason. So <clears throat> when I'm just so happy that Matt asked me up, asked me to sit down with you guys. Yes, we are too. Thank you. Thank you so much.
You're welcome so much. That's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button, give us a review. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility we get, and the easier we can find more listeners just like you. Also, check out our Patreon page. Head over to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. You can check out our different membership levels, and we would love your love and support on our Patreon page. That's it. Bye. Bye.